Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On this episode, we're going to continue updating our big boards today, diving into the wide receivers and the tight ends. We're going to give you our top uh, top 10 rankings, talking about one guy on either side of the top 10, and then we're going to break the categories into tiers as well. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Stoops. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Definitely excited to uh, to get it get a little deeper into this one as we've done with the previous positions. We, man, some of these receivers, you know, we we've been talking them up for for months now, as well as others, but a couple of them were a little higher on um, than than the the industry themselves. But definitely excited to get into the receivers and even the tight ends. Yeah, for me, it was kind of a crazy couple days because I'm just like. I'm trying to figure out how to do my rankings with these wide receivers. And as I dive further and further into them, there's certain guys that I just love. And then there's certain guys that I'm just kind of mediocre on. But once you get to that middle of the pack, like I swear to you, I could have done last night. I could have put all these guys' names on the, on a dartboard and just thrown at them to get my 10 through 20 rankings. It's, it's kind of crazy how good some of these talents are. And I still feel like after I did my rankings... I still feel like I'm sliding guys that should be maybe in that top 20, but I just can't find a reason to take this guy out and put this guy in. Yeah, you're 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 fully on board. Like, or I'm on board with that. I should say. I've even got some guys that are ranked a little bit lower who have better stats, you know, than some of the guys I have ranked above them. But it's just um, watching some film on them, and that's one thing. And I've said it before. That's one thing I've really, really tried to get better about because I used to. I mean, I still am big into numbers. But I used to never watch film, like realistically, like I'd watch a couple games here and there, some highlights, you know, and then once I started digging a little deeper, you obviously find out the highlights are just the good plays. So digging a little deeper, finally watching full cut ups of players. Um, so that's why I've got a couple other guys ranked a little higher, even if they have lesser stats. So, man, but like you said, I could just put names on a wall and then rank them in that 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 route. And it's it's just tough. There's a lot of good prospects in this class, so definitely definitely was a tough thing to do. I agree 100%. All right, Stoops, we're going to talk about our guys in the 10 through 6 era. Uh, go ahead and kick us off with your 10 through 6 guys. Yeah, so starting off at uh, number 10 for me, I've got Devin Duvernay out of Texas. Number 9, I've got Tyler Johnson um, out of Minnesota. Number 8, Brian Edwards. Number 7, um, a guy that we really uh, – Really loved down in Mobile, Denzel Mims. Um, number six for me, I've got old Justin Jefferson out of LSU. Yeah, so, man, this is where Mims, I was ha having such a hard time trying to throw him in my tie. I was like, man, he was so good while we were down there. Number 10, a guy that I really liked down in Mobile was uh, Colin Johnson out of Texas. 
Uh, Brendan Ayuk from Arizona State at number nine. Henry Ruggs at eight. Jalen Rager at seven. And LaVisca Chenault at number six. Um, th- that five through ten or six through ten era was kind of hard for me. Pick one guy that you mentioned that you want to talk about. Yeah, so the one guy that I want to touch base on a little bit real quick um, is Brian Edwards. I feel like he's a guy that a lot of people fell in love with early on, and then they started to fall in love with um, Debo Samuel. So then they forgot about Brian Edwards, and then obviously Samuel left, and now Edwards is you know it's just kind of been wishy washy with Edwards. But he's a guy that broke out very very early in his uh, his college career, so he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. He has battled a little bit of injuries. I know he missed some some uh, decent amount of games this season due to injuries. Um, but even at that, he had 72 receptions on the year, 857 receiving yards, six touchdowns. Um, he accounts for 31 first downs, which is again, a number that we look at a lot His dominator rating 28.2%. So even though his stats, um, may not be, you know, one of those top notch receiving yards in the country, um, on his team, still number one in dominator rating at 28.2%. So definitely a good number you want to see there and his scrimmage yard distribution. He was number one on the team. So, um, he definitely was a, a, a focal point of that offense he had 19.7 percent of the total yards for that team so he was someone that they definitely looked to early and off very very talented prospect um i watched a little bit of film on him earlier today to kind of get a refresher on it but uh he makes contested catches pretty often um he's good at uh, making adjustments to locate the ball um i know having a freshman quarterback back there i love um Helinski, but still still got some work to do back there so i know that was kind of a uh, a downside to Edwards's season this year, kind of building that chemistry throughout the season. And again, um, a quarterback coming in fresh off school season like that, coming into college, it's a, it's a big jump. It's a big, big jump there. So um, I feel like he's much faster than what he's given credit for. He's obviously not a top end, you know, burner type guy, but he's able to run past a defender um, and, and get it, get open in that, that aspect of things. So the next thing I've got, he just creates separation pretty good at the line. Um, he um, he does seem to have a little bit of wasted movement at the line. I've noticed on some of them. It was against Alabama where I really noticed it. He tries to, uh, and the word that came to mind was he tries to shimmy a lot, right? He tries to use his shoulders, his upper body to kind of fake that the, the defender out and create some separation. But when he just kind of attacks it and, and basically uses his his physicality, his size to create the separation he does much better in that aspect so if he just kind of loses the whole shimmy aspect of things and just tries to create the separation due to his size i think he'll he'll transition a little bit better but overall i still like brian edwards a lot um he was a four-star prospect coming out of high school um number 42 receiver so he wasn't ranked very highly at the the position but he's definitely came in and again that early breakout age um at 17 so before he even turned 18 i think it was a couple weeks you know um um before he so he was still pretty young, but nonetheless, loved what I saw from him throughout his whole career. Just um, got to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. And that's kind of the thing for a lot of these prospects this season uh, or in this draft class for the receivers and even other positions. Injuries have kind of plagued them, and that's definitely something you want to keep an eye on. But overall, I like Brian Edwards. I think he's someone that that is kind of flying under the radar for a lot of guys now. Yeah, for me, the guy that I wanted to talk to is somebody that we saw down in um, in – uh, mobile ourselves and that was Colin Johnson he's a guy that I've kind of been big on per se when it comes to wide receivers this year 
I just feel like he kind of got lost in the shuffle a lot. It, it was a rough year. Obviously, injuries. The, if the crazy thing is, we both talk about guys that both have a little bit of injury histories. He only played in seven games this year, so that's that's one thing that you can note um, to see about Colin Johnson and maybe why his stock's not as high and not high as you know certain people's radars. But this guy's massive. I mean, the guy is six six. 220. He's very physical off the ball. He's got enough um, talent to use his size to his advantage. He plays with the ball in the air very, very well um, with his back turn. And also when facing line of scrimmage, he's not a quick guy, but he's fine down the line. You know what I mean? He'll play, you know, those sidelines, he's very good at them. He, he makes the plays that you would think um, guys his size wouldn't be able to make, but he's going to be a very good prospect. He's going to be a nice little red zone threat. And kind of diving into his stats a little bit, you can see where Sam Ellinger kind of targeted him when he was on the field. I mean, every single game last year, he had six plus targets. He had two games of 13 and 16 targets. So, you know, he was looking for him and he's trying to find him very early and often as well. 16 catches on first down. Um, nine of them converted into first downs. He's a big uh, converter on third down. So third down and 10. He had six targets, six catches, 95 yards, and five converted for first downs. That's massive for me because that means he's reliable and he's being looked for by the quarterback on those important downs. And then, of course, you had another one where on third and medium, he had five targets, four catches, 45 yards, and then he had four first downs as well. So that's that to me, that's just this year alone looking at his stats, and that to me is impressive in itself. I mean, he had three straight games outside the bowl game with uh, with 100 yards. Four, if you consider four straight games with a, with a t- either a touchdown or 100 yards. Um, that's impressive in itself. This guy's a big target. I like him a whole lot. And I think that he's going to really elevate on this next level. Again, like we talked about, you know, this guy last year in 2018, 68 catches, 90, 985 yards, and seven touchdowns. I mean, he's a he's a human highlight reel at six six, and he has the ability to make plays. I do think it played into the fact that Duvernay was down there. You know, Ellinger kind of spread out the ball a little bit, and and that's okay. But I think that we sleep on the idea of Colin Johnson being good. You know, he did was was hampered with the injuries, but we're a year removed from sixty eight nine eighty five and seven touchdowns. We're two years removed from fifty four seven sixty five and two touchdowns. I mean, the guy has. You know, consistent playmaking ability. He's got 188 career catches, 2,624 total yards, and 15 touchdowns. Yeah, his stats might not be as flashy as some of these other guys, but I think that he is good enough to make plays on the next level that's going to be really highlighted um, come draft time. And, and I think that he's got a real good chance at sliding in somewhere. He's got that big body, and, and teams want that in the red zone. You need that in the red zone, and he can make the plays with the ball in the air that you want to see. And that's the kind of stuff that I like to see out of my wide receivers as well. You know what I mean? He wasn't targeted a whole lot in the red zone, but, you know, he had three catches in two touchdowns. You know what I mean? I, I like it. You know what I mean? He didn't have a whole lot of touchdowns this year. And that's, you know, you can kind of look at that and be like, oh, well, he didn't have a lot of touchdowns. Well, that's not always on the receiver. Um, but I like Colin Johnson a whole lot. And he's that's why he's slotted right here at number 10. I, ha- I had him a little bit higher, but I was kind of fighting the urge to go back and forth about who I wanted higher. But that's why he's in my top 10. I think he's got a lot of uh, ability and talent um, for the next level. All right, Stoops, give us your five through one, sir. All right, starting at number five, I've got Jalen Rager at a TCU. Had a down season, but if you go watch his film, he is an absolute stud. So Jalen Rager, number five. Number four, I've got Antonio Gandy-Golden. And real quick, we're going to touch base, I'm sure, but I'm not appreciating the slander on Twitter for Antonio Gandy-Golden. Dude's a stud. 
Number four sitting there for me. That's all I got real quick. Number three, I got T. Higgins, another guy I really, really, really like. Um, number two, I've got C.D. Lamb, and of course, number one, Jerry Judy. I will say this, though, real quick. I fought with myself. Again, to me, it's a 1A, 1B argument. To you, it's not that cut and dry, but I toyed with it. I almost moved Lamb up, Lamb up, and then I was like, no, Judy, and then I did it, and then it just, obviously, I settled where I settled. So that's my top five. Um a little bit easier to determine, honestly, for me. Yeah, you know, moving him into a different position, whatever. But those five for me, that was a pretty easy, pretty easy um, uh, way to to put in the top five. Easy for me. What do you got? Yeah. So for me, it's eerily similar. Uh, five. I actually have Justin Jefferson at five, and honestly, Justin Jefferson. Not only did he skyrocket up my board. I toyed with the idea of having him in my top three. I'm still not 100% sure. But at number four, I have T. Higgins. Um, Higgins, I like a whole lot. Another one that had a monster year. Um, you know, four and five playing with the two best quarterbacks in college football this year was was awesome to see. And then number three, I've got Antonio Gandy-Golden at three. Um, I agree with you. I'm going to touch a little bit more on him in a little bit, but Gandy Golden is is a stud, and you're right. I don't appreciate the slander. Anybody, in my opinion, and this is our opinions, et cetera, et cetera, but anybody that has Gandy Golden outside their at least top 15, I don't know which tape they're watching. Uh, number two, I have C.D. Lamb. Um, I am not as big on C.D. Lamb as Stoops is, but he's still good enough to be my number two. I, don't, I, I think, to my opinion, I think it is 1A and 1D. But it, it's really close. I mean, and then of course, <laughs> obviously, I have Jerry Judy number one. I think Jerry Judy's all world. I think the biggest problem that I have, and the more that I think about it, the more in depth I look at this wide receiver class, it's harder and harder for me to convince myself to take Jerry Judy as a top 15 pick. It's very harder, hard to convince myself to take any of these guys in the top five in the, in the first round. There's so much wide receiver talent in this class, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think a Colin Johnson or even like a Michael Pittman ranked number 14 on my list is going to be as good as Jerry Judy will be in the NFL. But I think they could be productive in the second and third round so that you can draft a position like we even talked about off air, like a linebacker, a cornerback, a defensive player that can fill a hole that you need to fill now. And then you can get the receiver in the third, fourth, fifth, and even sixth round. This class is so loaded. Like I ranked 20 guys and still felt like I had between 10 to 12 guys that I feel like I could have put in that top 20. So for me, it's like, yes, I do believe Jerry Judy's all world. I do believe that I think that he's the best receiver in this class. And I do think that he's the most talented. And I think that he's going to be the best receiver in this class for the next 10 years. But I, as I dive further deeper into this, as I learn more about the process, it's harder for me to tab any of these guys that I think I would take in the first round unless I don't have a number one receiver that I feel like, what can Jerry Judy bring to the table that is going to really highlight and change the game? I feel like the running back and the receiver positions are very skewed. The quarterback position, I do believe you can take somebody in the first round. That guy could you know, helm your franchise for the next 10 to 15 years. But a receiver... I just don't know anymore. And it's not a knock on any of these guys, but it's just my mind frame was, and you can talk to Stoops about this. In August, in in, in September, I, I said he should have been the first person taken off the board. I would have taken him over, over anybody. Now I'm not so sure I would do that. Unless maybe I'm like the Jets 
or even, you know, somebody like that that needs that stud at number one. They already have the quarterback locked in. But even then, it's like, man, how am I going to see the talent in this class and be able to get one of these guys later in the class, dudes? And just to be clear, you're referring to the actual NFL draft, not yes, a fantasy. Yes, yes, yes. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely not fantasy related. Okay, yeah, all NFL right. I just want to make sure that that was clear out there for everyone. Yes. Because if you don't take Jerry Judy in the first round of a fantasy draft, you probably <laughs> should just stop playing. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just talking about an NFL no, draft, and I think that his, his statue of where he lands is going to be very – I could see a lot of these other guys being kind of ranked ahead of him because of where he lands because of how high he's going to go. Yeah, no, for sure. I would agree with you. It's it's, And we even kind of talked about it off the air about where a receiver can get drafted but still make an impact on a team. doesn't have to be a top five, top 15, top 20 pick, whatever. You know, does it help boost the, that, that, you know, um, utilization on the field? Absolutely. Because if they're going to put that type of draft capital in you, they're going to use you. So it's definitely there. But at the same time, like you can take a, a receiver a little bit later and still get relatively the same production out of them. So I definitely agree with you on that aspect of it. All right. So give me a guy that you want to talk about in that five through one category. Yeah. So the guy that I want to touch base on, um, T Higgins, uh, again, receiver out of Clemson. He was a former uh, five star prospect coming out of high school. He was ranked top 20 in the nation. So definitely someone who is highly touted coming out of high school. Number two. Um, in the, in the country in his class coming out that season. So had a phenomenal year. Kind of, I don't want to call it a quiet season, but at the same time, like, it did seem like Clemson was, they were talked about, obviously. They were a great team. They were talked about. But at the same time, it just seemed like he had a very quiet season, in, in my opinion. He wasn't talked up as much as other guys. Um, probably because he didn't have as many, I guess you could call them highlight films. He had a lot of great plays, but he wasn't doing what CeeDee Lamb was out there, Jerry Judy, making those types of high-impact plays. So nonetheless, um, T. Higgins finished at 59 receptions, uh, 1,167 yards, 13 receiving touchdowns. One thing I really like to see, nine red zone targets. Not a lot, honestly, but he had six red zone touchdowns. So basically all of his catches, uh, or I'm sorry, all of his targets inside the red zones um, inside the red zone did convert to a touchdown uh, 35 first downs on the season so definitely a good number but the piece I want to dive into a little bit deeper was something that really blew my mind whenever I was looking at the his player profile on expand the box score 83.9 percent of his total touches came in the first half he only had nine total touches in half that is not saying he had more targets than that obviously he was on the field he was playing but the fact that essentially 84 percent of his targets or i'm sorry his touches came inside that first half was was just unbelievable it, i think that everything he did this season was in two quarters you know and imagine if he would have been heavily involved and that does come down to the fact that clemson was up big in a lot of games obviously they I was on record saying it. They had an easier schedule than a lot of these other programs that were out there. Albeit these schedules are generally, especially non-conference games, they're scheduled three, four, five, sometimes eight years out, honestly. You, you see these, you know, home and home um, games where they're scheduled for the 2030 and 2031 season. So it's not a fault of his. It's not a fault of Clemson's per se this season. It's been scheduled years out. So nonetheless, a little bit easier. So they were up big in a lot of games. But man, still to put up the numbers that he did in one half of play, 
is phenomenal. 85% of his, 85.2% of his receiving yards came in that first half. Um, 84.6% of his touchdowns came in the first half. And I dug a little deeper because I was interested. So a lot of these other prospects that, that a lot of people are talking about throughout this draft season, um, I compared his first half stats to their whole entire season. And disclaimer, one thing I will say is the, a lot of these guys – they didn't have a Trevor Lawrence throwing them the ball. So that's definitely a big factor I took into consideration, but it was still interesting to look a little deeper at these other guys. So first guy I've got up, like KJ Hamler, 56 receptions, 904 receiving yards, and eight touchdowns on the season, compared to Higgins, 994 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns, 48 receptions in the first half. So that was just kind of a, a big gap there. Again, Brian Edwards, a guy that I talked about, had a freshman quarterback throwing his way, 72 catches, 857 for six touchdowns on the season. LaVisca, real quick. 56 catches 764 on four touchdowns so again didn't have the caliber of quarterback throwing their way than what t higgins did so i know that played a factor but when you look at it closer and just again i keep saying it i'm just you know saying it over and over but his first half stats are what a lot of guys do in one entire season. So it was just a phenomenal thing to see. He's got very strong hands uh, looking at some of the game film. He's got very strong hands, um, catches with his hands and not his body, which is a phenomenal thing. You want to see that. I posted a little clip on Twitter yesterday, the Wake Forest game. Um, he basically faked out the defender, the corner enough, and then Trevor Lawrence. It was just a phenomenal pass. It was just, you know, again, a, a good connection they had going there. Um Caught the ball up high, kept it up high, strong hands, got two feet in, um, and got the touchdown inside the red zone. So, you know, and again, last thing I've got, he creates good separation. Um, love what I love what he does again, that 50 50, um, 50 50 ball. He always comes down with it. I, not always, obviously, but pretty, pretty consistently he comes down with it on those 50 50 balls. So, top to bottom, man, T. Higgins is, is a phenomenal talent. I'm very excited to see where he lands, um, and, and see what he's able to do at the next level. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you just look at and you just watch, and it's unbelievable what you consistently see out of this guy. And, you know, between the 32 first downs, um, you know, between that, and then you had the 13 catches or 13 touchdown catches, you know, combine that together with the 56 catches. I mean, you're looking at a guy that's either scoring a touchdown or getting a first down. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy to think about. And to think that you hit it on the head, you know, eight catches. Right, eight targets, seven catches in the red zone, six touchdowns. And then the flip side of that, you've got him catching seven touchdowns outside the red zone. So not only is he a threat inside, but he's also a threat outside the red zone. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy to think about how good he is. And obviously, you're right. He does benefit from playing from, I think, the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. But that's that's neither here or there. He still has to make the plays. You still have to get on the football field. And, mm -hmm. and he was easily, you know, one of the most talented guys on the football field last year. And and it's kind of crazy to think that he skews those numbers in the, you know, in the one half of play. So I, I love me some T. Higgins. And it transitioned into a guy that we've talked about on this podcast. And yes, it's a little bit of cheating. And you know what? I really don't care. It's our podcast. But I, I'm kind of tired of, uh, of hearing the slander, kind of like what, what Stoops had said a little bit. And I kind of dove into, okay. Antonio Guinea Golden's a guy that I'm going to talk about. You know what I mean? Two star prospect. Yeah, that's not that grand. 6'4, 220. Okay, crazy. I talked about this a little bit about the fun fact about him being a. Uh, when he was a kid, he was in gymnastics. He tumbled around. His, he has a background in it. He picked it up as a kid and his, he was really good at it. And he's used it to his ability on the, uh, on the next level. This guy's a red, red zone threat. He's got the length, he's got the physicality to get off the ball. He's got the. Um, you know, when you watch him in the air, and you saw this down at the Senior Bowl is when you watch him in the air, he's aggressive 
And with his with his size and his and his strength, six four, there's not a lot of guys that kind of get up there with him and are able to kind of wrestle the ball away from him. I don't understand where I've seen a lot of questions around a few things on him. The separation. We saw him separate so many times down at the senior bowl. And you gotta remember the guys. The people that he was facing down at the Senior Bowl were probably light years better than some of the guys that he had faced week in and week out. So it was big time for him to kind of show out down at the Senior Bowl because he's facing next level talent that maybe he didn't see week to week. You know, he did play a Birmingham Young. He did play the Rutgers. You know, he did play Syracuse, stuff like that. They do have those extra level. But of course, he's got a lot of those other games against some of these other teams that aren't as grand. So he's playing against next level talent. And when you watch him play against this next level talent... He consistently brought the ball down. He had, you know, yeah, we mentioned uh, off the air, he had the one drop pass. Jordan Love threw a beautiful pass down the sideline. No, it was Shea Patterson, I think. He threw the ball down the sideline. He dropped the ball. It, it happens. Not every guy down there while we were down there caught every single ball. Ben Antonio Guinea Golden has an opportunity to just catch. He catches the ball in traffic. That first move off the ball is fast. No, he's not going to be the fastest guy in this draft. But I'm telling you, he does have some speed that will help elevate him. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like what we talked about a little bit with Colin Johnson and a little bit um, with some of these, uh, and even Brian Edwards as well. He's got, the, I think he's got the ability to be those guys that are being talked about more than he is. Um, let's just look at a couple games from last year. Uh, a key example, 10, 10 ca- against BYU, against the bigger of the schools that he faced last year, 10 catches, 162, and a touchdown. Okay, he had another game against Syracuse, 6 for 119. And then, of course, look at some of these other games. Buffalo, 8 for 174, two touchdowns. Hampton, four catches, 181 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 45 yards a catch in that game. That's absurd, guys. He had 79 catches, 1,396 yards, and 17.7 yards per catch with 10 touchdowns last year. And the year before that, he had 71 for 1037, 14 yards per catch, and 10 touchdowns. The guy is good. The guy's going to be good on the next level. Yes, we have him ranked higher than a lot of people. This is our rankings, but at the same time, we think that he's got the ability with the, you know, it's all about placement of where he's going to go. Is he going to go to where somewhere he can be a number two or number three? I think that if he does, he's going to showcase his ability to not just be a red zone threat, but this guy can be a threat all over the football field. And he's got all the talent to, to make those things happen. And, being able to catch the ball away from his body, being able to make some moves after the catch. He's going to probably be, in my opinion, the steal of this draft. I think that he's got all the potential in the world to be a top-tier, not just NFL receiver, but a top-tier fantasy receiver as well. I think this guy is slowly creeping up. A lot of people are talking about him. A lot of people like to talk bad, but there's a lot of good trending towards him. I'm excited to see what he does at the Combine. Stoops, I know you love this guy just as much as I do, man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him. Um, you you literally hit hit the nail on the head at everything you said about him, and that's the big his speed, right? You know, he he has the speed to create the separation. He's not going to be your your super super fast guy out there, but like we've said before, kind of like what Julio Jones does, like he's fast enough to get where he needs to to go and get the job done. That's kind of the same route that I think Antonio Gandy Golden's going to have. Um, and just, just, you look at the numbers top to bottom, you said it, I mean, a hundred plus receiving is 150 plus receiving yards and in, in multiple games, multiple touchdown games. Um, yes, again, people have said it over and over and over. He went to Liberty. He didn't play 
SEC, Big Ten, Big, you know, Big 12, Pac-12. He didn't play those levels of, of competition. I get that. But what we saw down at the, the, the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, that's where a lot of and I did not. I don't want to say I had questions, but again, I was in that mindset. Man, he didn't really play a whole lot. I want to see what he does against those top level, you know, um, athletes. What we saw down in Mobile, that right there solidified what my thoughts were on him. That definitely separated him to to make me comfortable putting him in a, in obviously in my top five, my top four. So I absolutely love what I've seen from him throughout this season. Um, even going back and watching the film, uh, just the way that he's able to get those 50-50 balls, and it looks easy doing it. I mean, him being what six four, six three, um, huge guy. Love, he can jump. He's athletic. He, if you ask him to do anything, he's going to be able to do it. Um, he's got the size. Again, you said it. Red zone target or red zone threat. He's a he's He's going to get the ball inside the red zone, um, touchdowns, just even receptions, getting it closer to the end zone. You name it, he's going to be able to do it. Um, looking at the the player profile on the site here, first and 10 plus, he's got 43 receptions, 874 receiving yards, four touchdowns, and 28 first downs. That's on first and plus, first down and 10 plus. That's huge. So definitely someone that gets focused on early in the uh, in the drives, uh, whether it be you know. Uh, you know, different, different aspects throughout the, the game, but man, just top to bottom, you know, it's, we've been saying it for months now. Um, and we're not the only ones, obviously uh, talking them up as well, but it feels like there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily talking down upon him, but at this boosting his, um, his abilities as much as we are. Um, and like you said, it's our rankings, it's our thought process. Everyone is entitled to their own. And that is 100 percent perfectly fine but until you know even throughout his career we're going to be we're going to be boosting him up we're going to be you know um definitely promoting his brand quite a bit more than than a few other guys but just top to bottom this guy i think he's going to be like you said a steal of the draft i think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong and i'm i'm excited to see where he lands and what he's able to do I agree 100%. All right, Stoops, now we're going to give our tiered rankings of our guys. We both have four tiers. So go ahead and kick us off with your fourth tier. Yeah, so my fourth tier, um, this first name I'm going to say is going to be pretty unpopular with a lot of people. But um, I got Henry Ruggs in my tier four. Um, we got KJ Hill, Austin Mack, Colin Johnson, that's unpopular with you, Isaiah Hodgins, and Warren Jackson. So I've got Tyler Johnson, Michael Pittman, Kalijah Linscombe, Omar Bayless, James Prosh, Van Jefferson, Jawan Jennings, and Chase Claypool. Who do you've got in tier three? Tier three, I've got Tyler Johnson, uh, Devin Duvernay, Van Van Jefferson. Um, I loved him down at that on Mobile, but I got Van Jefferson, uh, Laviska Chenault, Brandon Ayuk, and uh, my boy Courtney Davis. Uh, number three for me is Brian Edwards, Denzel Mims, Colin Johnson, and Brandy I Brandon Ayuk as well. Um, I agree with you, Van Jefferson. Man, I was having such a hard time ranking him. I was like, man, I really just wanted to put him all the way near the top. I think he's one of those guys that's going to be kind of a low-key sleeper in this draft as well. Uh, who do you got in your tier two? So tier two for me, um, I did adjust it a little bit compared to what I had. But whenever we had talked yesterday, I adjusted it a little bit. But tier two, I've got Jalen Rager, Justin Re Justin Jefferson, uh, Denzel Mims, and Brian Edwards. I've got Ruggs, Rager, Chenault, and Jefferson. I did too. I had I had five guys in my tier one, but after looking at it, I just I decided to put only four, which is obviously the top four. 
and your ones, your number one tier is? Jerry Judy, CD Lamb, T Higgins, and AG. Yep, those are the same exact four I have for my tier one. Um, is there any guys that we did not mention at all that are guys that you kind of like? Just a name or two, guy or two that you have outside your top 20 that you're kind of bigger on than some of the other guys. Yeah, so a guy that I'm still still holding a hope out holding out hope for is um, Omar Bayless out of Arkansas State. We talked about him early on in the season. He put up phenomenal numbers. I mean, he had 17 touchdowns on the season. He had over 1,600 receiving yards on 93 receptions. So he put up huge, huge numbers. Again, people are saying the same thing. It's Arkansas State. Who did he play? You know, I get it. I get it. But um, still a guy that I loved watching on film. I still loved everything I saw, especially the stats. Um Another guy in this one, he's not so much someone that I'm really high on, but he was a big-time prospect, and I'm very interested to see what happens. Is Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan? You've, uh, you know, Shea Patterson wasn't um, was not the most consistent quarterback we have ever seen. We saw that down in Mobile, and we saw it throughout the season. So he definitely didn't really benefit much from that. But I'm excited to see what the process holds uh, for him, as well as his landing spot and what kind of position he's put in. So those are two guys that I'm definitely um, you know, keeping an eye on and seeing kind of how this whole draft season goes for them and where their landing spots are. Um, who, who do you got? Who are some guys? Uh, Tyree Cleveland, he was a guy out of Florida. He's a guy that kind of impressed us. He was added mm-hmm. to the squad late and i think the thing that impressed me the most was the moment he hit the field he made plays um he didn't have the practices per se or the camaraderie as some of the other guys did because he came in so late but he made some plays that were very impressive and equally as impressive as some of the other guys that we saw down there and another guy is austin mack out of ohio state um i liked mack i know you did as well and he impressed both of us very much so um throughout the entire senior bowl week he had a couple of times where he was Rocky, but there wasn't a guy that we didn't see that didn't have a couple Rocky moments, but I was really big on Mac, and I think Cleveland is another guy that I think that is somebody to keep an eye on, but there's so many other guys that we could talk about, but those are the two that I picked. Mm-hmm. I, Mac, I, like, not to touch base a little bit more on Mac, but I think Mac is one of those under-the-radar guys that's going to be, um, you know, landing spot as, as well, and how he does, you know, we got the combine coming up, we got pro days coming up as well, but he was a, he was somebody to keep an eye out for sure. All right, Stoops, time to talk about the tight end position. We're going to give our top five, and then we're going to give a guy that we like within that top five. Stoops, go ahead and kick us off with your top five, and then I'll give mine. Yeah, so my top five, I've got Bryson Hopkins. Uh, Number four, I've got Cole Komet. Number three, Hunter Bryant. Um, Number two, I've got Harrison Bryant out of uh, Florida Atlantic. And then number one, number one, Adam Troutman. I love Adam Troutman. So I've got number five. I've got Colby Parkinson. I've loved this guy for a long time. I talked about him early on in the show. I still hold out hope for him. Number four, I've got Jarrett Pinky out of Vanderbilt. Number three, I've got Harrison Bryant. Number two, I've got Bryson Hopkins. And then, of course, number one, I have Adam Troutman as well. So um, nice. <laughs> out of those top five guys. Uh, I, was, he, I was wondering if you were going to put him there as well. Oh, yeah. I, he's, he was the, he was the easiest person. So for me, obviously, with the, the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, my number one guy, obviously, you have Burrow, you have Taylor, you have Judy, and then you have Troutman. Those are, those are the easy ones. Going after that was the hard part. Like figuring out my two through five and my tight end rankings, I took about as long as it did for trying to figure out my 10 through 20 and my wide receivers because there's so many good guys that you could talk about within this within this class of tight ends that 
it, it's very small things that make one guy stand out above the other. Yeah, no, you're 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 spot on with that one, and that was you know, again coming from a small school, it's the same thing every year, every every single argument. But whenever what we saw down in Mobile from Troutman specifically um, was just huge, you know, just the the head, you know, basically he's just a very I can't think of the right word um, composed guy. Um, he interviewed very very well. He was just easy to talk to, but then just seeing him on the field, man, he was just he was just dominant. Honestly, making catches, uh, um, you know, creating separation. It was just, it was a, a great thing to see. So that's definitely why I moved him to number one. All right. Who's the top, who's the, one of the guys in the top five you want to talk about? Yeah. So the guy I'm going to talk about is Hunter Bryant out of, uh, out of Washington. He was a four-star prospect coming out of high school. He was the number five tight end in his class. Um, he's honestly one of the most athletic um, tight ends in this class from what I had seen watching some film. Uh, 52 receptions on the year, 825 receiving yards. He only did have three touchdowns, so it wasn't a huge, huge uh, um, number in that aspect of things. But, man, he accounted for 31 first downs. So, for me, um, seeing that out of a tight end, which a lot of offensive systems in the college game um, don't utilize the tight end that much. Washington definitely does get them involved a little bit more than some other programs but definitely love seeing you know high numbers of, re- of uh, receptions and then receiving yards as well and even first down so another thing i looked at a little bit deeper was his big play performance i do that a lot with the running backs and the receivers but i did it with him the style of play that i've seen from him um He's got 15 receptions that went 8 to 13 yards. He's got 10 that went 14 to 20 and 14 receptions that went 21 plus yards. So 46.2% of his receptions went for 14 plus yards. That's 24 receptions of the 52. So definitely a big, big number you'd love to see out of that. And then the next thing I looked at was down in distance. They use the tight ends um, generally in a, in a short yardage type aspect, uh, but for him, he was used, you know, whenever he, whatever they needed him. It was, it was, it was pretty awesome to see what they did with him. But on first and ten plus, seventy-five um, percent of his, uh, he, he caught seventy-five percent of the passes thrown his way on first and ten. Four hundred and eighty-four receiving yards. That's where his three touchdowns did come from. Was on first and ten plus, and fourteen of his first downs. Again, you start getting into those short yardage situations, second and medium. He went 9 of 11, 81.8% catch rate there, 96 receiving yards for first down. So he definitely helped convert on those first downs. Um, I'm sorry, on the second and mediums into a first down. Next, I've got his third and medium, uh, six receptions on nine targets. So 66.7% catch rate there, 90 receiving yards, and again, five first downs. So for me, uh, what I saw on film, what I've seen in stats, I just really, really liked what I've seen from him. And I even saw a video. um, It was basically just him working out. He is he, he he's shredded, honestly. He is just super in shape, super athletic. Um, so to see that from the tight end position, he's going to be able to be used all over the field, blocking, receiving, line him up, you know, in the slot potentially. Just move him all around. And I'm excited to see where he, he lands. If he goes to it, he's not going to be an immediate starter. A lot of these tight ends aren't. The tight end position generally takes a little bit longer to really have a major impact at the NFL level. But if he goes to like what what the Eagles did with Ertz and Goddard, if he goes to a system where it's a two tight end system where he'll get on the field, but he's not the focal point, I think that's going to cater to him a lot. So definitely going to be interested to see where he lands. Yeah. So the one guy I want to talk about, I've talked about him a lot and it's kind of cheating as well, but I want to talk a little bit more about Adam Troutman. Um, There's not a whole lot that I could add to the table that I have already said about this guy, but for me personally, I feel the need to continuously talk about him because we've talked about him on the show for quite a while. 
And the reason I love this kid so much, the, the, if you watch him on tape, there's not a there's not a position on the line that he can't line up. He can line up as H back. He can line up in the slot. He can even work as an outside receiver. He can be moved around every part of the offense. That's why I think that his completeness as a receiver, not just as the physical blocker, he will stay in on the run game. He will stay in during the pass game and pass block. He can run back. He can pass block. He can line up anywhere on the football field. He can catch the ball. He's athletic enough to go up in the air. I was watching a play um, in the one game. He went up in there. He had three guys covering him, went up, caught the ball, took the hit, still came down with the ball. It's insane that he's able to climb the ladder and traffic and make contested catches that not a lot of guys his got you know his size can do it. A perfect comparison is like the Dallas Goddard of the draft from a couple years ago. The guy is huge, and, and standing next to him, Stoops and I, when we saw him down in Mobile, this kid is just massive. And the thing about it is, is sometimes with a tight end, you know, he's six six, two fifty three. I don't think you could pinch a little thing of fat on this kid. He is chiseled. From top to bottom. And it's impressive how big he is and how athletic he is and how aggressive he is on the line. I just love this kid a whole lot. And his stats obviously stand out for himself. You know what I mean? This guy, again, yeah, small school, whatever. I'm tired of hearing about it. You make plays, you make plays. You know, in, in, in a two-game stretch, he had 19 catches, 229 yards, and seven touchdowns. You know, he had 70 catches, 916 yards, averaged 13 yards a catch, and he even had a... um. A long of 42, and had 14 touchdowns last year. 14 touchdowns. It's impressive enough. And the year before, even the year before, he had uh, 40 catches, 595 yards, and 9 touchdowns. So in two seasons, he eclipsed over 1,400 yards and had over 23 touchdowns. Uh, uh, you know, a, a quarter of his catches came on t came to touchdowns. It it's impressive. This guy is going to be a day two pick. I think he's going to get picked in the top in the in the as the top two or three tight ends in this draft because he has his ability to line up anywhere on the football field. And he's going to be a contributor. I think he needs to be on your fantasy football radar 100% because he's going to be a tight end week in and week out that will you know contribute points to your fantasy team. This guy's a, There's not a whole lot not to like about the kid. And as Stoop said earlier in the show, he talked about his calm, cool, and collect. This guy comes from, you know, he comes from Dayton. He has he's not used to the big you know the big bright lights and he handled himself he interviewed well with everybody he talked he was down to earth told stories about his career I talked about how he's continuously working to get better and how during this time during this draft process he graduated in 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 December so he's been able to work out for these last couple of months you know focus in on his work focus in on some of the things that he might not think that he can, you know, does as good as everybody else or some of the things that draft scouts are saying that he needs to work on. He's able to do that now. He's able to focus in and hone in on these things. And it's fantastic to see. I love to see it because this kid's coming from a small school and what he's going to provide on the next level is going to be a lot of fun to watch, Stoops. Yeah, you're absolutely correct on that one. Folks, do us a favor, hop on over to Twitter, give Expand the Box Score a follow at XTB Box Score. Head on over to expandtheboxscore.com. Use promo code Stoops to get a hold of that college football database that we use week in and week out. Head on over to Twitter, give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. And of course, give the show a follow at the Debbie Delight. Do us a favor if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a five star review and a um, nice little comment or anything like that. As always, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. See y'all later.